Sup, Buzzmed! In reference to the podcast, here again. For True Crime Tuesday. Yep. And I'm Amanda. I'm Heather. And today we get to hear and... oh. Amanda talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody thought it was your turn. Except you, apparently. <laughs> hey, you never know. I do know, though, because you don't like true crime, even though you've been watching true crime stuff. So. <sighs> I'm, like, binge-watching shit on Hulu. Okay, so today we're going to learn about um, Norman Johnston, which I just want you to let you know every time I typed his last name, I typed Johnstown, <laughs> um, which was really annoying. So my sources were Google because I couldn't remember this guy's name. And uh, then I also use CBS, Washington Post, Wikipedia, and the Post-Gazette. Oh, it's at Pittsburgh. It is not. Mm -mm. (laughs) Was it just that big of a story that they picked it up? Yes. The Chicago Tribune covered it. There were a lot of places that covered this. Oh, wow. Because... If you can think back to the last time we recorded, I told you a little story about seeing a convict at Rehoboth Beach when I was younger. Oh, is it him? It's him. Oh, awesome. Yep, so all credit to this idea goes to myself because... Because I saw a convicted murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't really think I did, but I I did at the time. You might have. I might have, because he was in Delaware, so. Um, so yeah, we're gonna learn about Norman Johnston, the escaped killer from Pennsylvania in July of 1999. I think I said it was in 2000, but obviously I was wrong, so, sorry. (laughs) So, um, also I think I mentioned that he, like, had crimes against children. That was also wrong. Nobody's surprised that I got all of that wrong. So let's actually find out about him. During the 1970s, Norman and his brothers, Bruce and David, masterminded a burglary ring and stole more than a million dollars in tractors, farm equipment, and other merchandise in Cecil County, Maryland, Chester County, Pennsylvania, and Newcastle County, Delaware. Also, in case you can't do the math, that was 50 years ago. That'd be a lot of money nowadays. (laughs) Well, funny you should mention it. I wasn't going to look that up for you. However, I did. And $1 million in 1970 would be worth about $6,666,959. Damn. That's a lot of farming equipment. I know, right? Who would have thought? But yeah, like, out of everything, like, oh, I'm going to steal. I mean, I do know some people around here probably be like, who would steal me a tractor? (laughs) Well, I was... (laughs) (laughs) Also thinking, like, I mean, tractors don't go that fast. Yeah, like, even if you open the throttle, like, they only go, like, like the highest at, what, like, 25 miles an hour? (laughs) Yeah, like, how hard would they be to catch? (laughs) But, I don't know. (laughs) But somehow they got got away. Yeah. Yeah. So, in 1978, authorities were closing in on the group, and so, of course, their solution was to sell, to sell, yeah. 
was to kill six croonies. And yes, that's a direct quote from the article. You mean cronies? Is it cronies? I don't even know. That's a weird term to me. Like they're little, like they're patsies? Well, like all their friends? Yeah. Yeah. Cronies. Yeah. Okay. Well, they killed them. So. um, Oh, so it was more than just the three brothers doing it. Yes, they had other people involved, and we'll talk about who they were. Uh, The group was worried these six people would become state witnesses and testify against them, so clearly the only solution was to kill them. And I I said they killed six of them, but I think only five were killed, but Bruce, Norman's older brother, killed a sixth person. I don't know. They were... It was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Allegedly, some of the victims had to dig their own graves... Hell, I would so, die if I had to do that. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to kill me. I, mean, <laughs> I, I would, would just, just die. die in it. <laughs> it might not be six feet down, so sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, You're going to have to victims... make do with what I did. <laughs> yeah. Their victims were James Jimmy Johnston, which was uh, Bruce Jr.'s half-brother. He was killed on August 16th, 1978. Dwayne Lincoln was murdered on August 16th, 1978. He was 17. Jimmy was 18. Wayne Sampson was 20. He was murdered on August 16th, 1978. James Sampson... James Sampson was 24 and murdered on August 21st, 1978. Robin Miller was 15. She was the girlfriend of Bruce Johnston Jr., she was murdered on August 30th, 1978, and Bruce Johnston Jr. was critically injured during an attempted murder on August 30th, 1978. Um, which I just put that together that he was 19 and she was 15, so that's gross. Ew. But, like, the ones that, like, after the first couple got killed, like, wouldn't you be like, oh, fuck, I'm getting out of here? <laughs> well, but Bruce was, I mean, that was, his dad was running this. Oh, uh, Yeah. You can't run, boy. I know where you're at. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So in 1979, the boys, the, the brothers, rather, not I mean, they were boys, but the brothers were sentenced to four to nine years for theft. Um, in 1981, Bruce was convicted of the murders of six people and the attempted murder of Bruce Jr. And he was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences. So while they were in jail... They actually prosecuted them for the murders as well. Um, David and Norman were both convicted of the murders of James Johnston, Robin Miller, Wayne Sampson, and Dwayne Lincoln, and they both received four life sentences. They appealed their sentences, but I don't think anything ever came about with that, so they're still in jail. Um, But let's fast forward to August 2nd, 1999. Um... Okay. Oh, I have a question. Okay. I mean, you might because you're not a lawyer, so you might not be able to answer it. But um, like whenever they're like, oh, they have like two like consecutive life sentences. Like, is life a certain set amount of years? Not in the United States that I know of. Because when they're like, oh, like consecutive life sentences, I was like, oh, is that like just on the off chance they might live like a certain amount or like. 
I always wondered why they had, like, it's consecutive. If it's, like, life, you would assume they're there until they die. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Or is it like they got, like, life for each murder? Yes. I think it's more of, like, and I could be completely wrong, so if you are a lawyer, please write in to, in reference to podcast at gmail.com and school us, because we're dumb. Sorry, I'm speaking for the (laughs) both of us there. Um, You're not wrong. (laughs) I think it's more of, like, a to get justice for everyone type of deal. Mm. But, but I Man, they're going to be pissed when the first immortal person gets put in prison. Well, that's already happened. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not immortal, but somebody died and was brought back. Like, he was dead. Did they have to technically they... let him out of jail? Well, he, he was fighting on that, but I don't think he won. Maybe that, I wonder if that's why they do the consecutive life, just in Could case. Be. Just in case. So, I don't have a true answer for you, but it is something that's weird. But I do know in other countries it is a set amount of time. Mm. Like, they say life in prison, but it's like 25 years. (laughs) Which, in America you get that for having weed. Yeah. So, on August 2nd, 1999, Norman placed a dummy under his bedsheets to fool the guards and used a hacksaw to saw through the cell window bars. And then bur- burrowed. Were they made out of wood? Yeah, I, this is crazy. Because not only did he fool them with a dummy under his bed sheets, But nobody heard him. That too. Nobody heard him. <laughs> and he burrowed under two razor wire fences to escape the SCI Huntington facility. This facility is considered a maximum security prison. Like Huntington, like my Huntington? I think so. That's in Huntington County, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. I've driven past that. Yeah. So. But like also, how do you dig underneath the wire fence with nobody seeing you? That's what I mean. Like, I don't why did what is the point of having guards? <laughs> That's all I could think about. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, it's at night, but, like, I thought they had, like, spotlights still, and shit. like, guards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what they show you in the movies anyway. Exactly. Um, and so not only was he able to fool them with putting a dummy there, set, hacking through his, the bars, digging under two fences, he was gone for ten hours before anyone took notice. Don't they do, like, roll call in the morning? Well, I mean, to be honest, like, they should... Because I thought, like, at a certain time, like, they have to be awake. Like, they're not allowed just sleeping all day. Yeah, but, like, at Adelphi, we had to actually see the kids breathing when we checked on them. So. Yeah. It's crazy. Especially if you're in a prison. Like, you know people are going to try to escape. Yeah. So, a task force of 40-plus law enforcement agents from Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland were formed. Um, But Norman wasn't easy to catch. So, let's talk about when he was on the run. On August 6th, he was spotted near Oxford, Pennsylvania, which is about two miles from the Pennsylvania-Maryland border. And he was caught by two park rangers, but he managed to break free of their grasp and escaped into the woods. 
There were a hundred officers surrounding the park, and he outsmarted them. Mm, gotta love PA one percent. <laughs> well, PA in Maryland and Delaware. Um, on August twelfth, he was seen in Leeds, Maryland, but ran into the woods to escape from an officer that had spotted him. I'm pretty sure it was four days later. The article just said on Monday. So, um... That's what, like, bloodhounds are for. Like, get that scent and let them go. Um, so four days later, he was seen in Newark, Delaware, making a phone call on a payphone. I don't know what else you would be doing on a payphone. Now, now you you young kids, a payphone is a box that has a phone on it that you have to pay a quarter to use. (laughs) That made you sound like you're... Maybe, I don't know. I feel like... You young kids. Yeah. I remember, well, did you ever see that video when they give them a rotary phone and they don't know how to dial? Well, it's like when we went to the animal animal land and there was not used the pay phone. My mom wasn't having to answer the phone. Um, a University of Delaware officer confronted him and apprehended him, but Norman was able to break free of his grasp and again disappeared. Don't these cops use handcuffs? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Supposedly, while he was on the run, Norman stole four vehicles to get around. And his fun on the run ended on August 20th at about 5.50... What oh God, can I please read? At about 5.40... I mean, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> Um, at about 5.45 a.m., he was apprehended. And so this was six hours after a Pennsylvania state trooper spotted the latest car he had stolen near Newark, Delaware. I always want to say New Jersey. Um, Hasbury Park, New Jersey. <laughs> Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> so the officer tried to pull Norman over, but that led to a 10-mile high-speed chase, ending when Norman narrowly missed a house and crashed into an embankment. And then he fled. Well, at least he wasn't on the tractor. True. <laughs> Would have been a short chase. Yep. So he fly- he flees into the woods again, and um, this is kind of a cackling moment, if you will. Um... Police were about to give up when Norman walked out from behind a tree. (laughs) Because apparently he was unaware that there were three officers close by, and they spotted him and yelled for him to stop, and he actually complied. Um, Allegedly, he told the troopers he was tired and was surprised that the police just wouldn't quit. Well, I mean, that is their job. (laughs) Like, dude, you're serving four life sentences? Like, they're gonna catch right. you. for murder. I, they're not gonna just let you go. It's like, ah, hell yeah, you might as well just go yeah. home. So, I couldn't find out too much about what happened to him after. Um, and I did try, like, I, I googled quite a bit different ways, and I just couldn't find too much. Um, and actually, I don't think I put the link in here. Oh, I did. Casetext.com is where I found this information. Um... So once he was caught, he was returned to SCI Camp Hill, and as a consequence, was 
placed in solitary confinement for 18 months, but actually remained there until February of 2005 when he was transferred to SCI Forest. So, again, this happened in 1999. Um, so that's almost six years. Supposedly, he was then placed in solitary confinement in SCI Forest as well for up to 11 years. So, in total, he was in solitary confinement for about 17 years after his escape. Which... I'm going to assume he's a little uh, batshit crazy by this point. Yeah, I mean, the, like, square footage of the cells that they said, like, were so small. I just couldn't even imagine. And then, like, he only got to go out for the one hour to exercise if the weather was nice. Like, he had to do everything by himself. Wasn't it they let them out? Isn't it mostly, like, they only let them out to eat and exercise or the shower? Shower and exercise. I guess to shower and exercise. Yeah, they eat in their cells. That's crazy. I mean, I get it if you're violent towards other inmates, but it said, like, he had not had any derogatory remarks. He's like, all I do is escape and go on the yeah, run. Yeah, he didn't really, I mean, he stole cars, but, like, at least he didn't kill anyone again. Um, yeah. But according to inmatelocator.cor.pa.gov, because I'm that creep, Norman is still at Forest. And we'll celebrate his 17th set. You can look that stuff up? Yeah. I did not know that. I did. So, yeah, you can find out their inmate number, their height, their birth date, where they're located. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, he is at SCI Forest still and will celebrate his 70th birthday on August 9th. So, that is Norman Johnston, the guy who I'm pretty sure I saw when I was... 11 and thought he was going to kill me which he has no crimes against children reported <laughs> in this at all so why i was so terrified of him i don't because know you're, because but you're it you did, <laughs> yeah true and it did say that like um the towns where he had grown up that like they were very afraid and they thought that maybe he escaped to go back and kill someone mm. um but then there, it was also thought that he had money back there hidden somewhere, so that's why he was going back. They didn't yeah, really he get know. his tractor. <laughs> hey, maybe he had somebody who thought his tractor was sexy. Maybe. Maybe. But that's that on that. Now we don't have to record for a week and a half. I don't know what's going to be for the next Freaky Friday. Got a week and a half to figure it out. I have a couple of ideas, but I don't know if they're going to be long enough. <laughs> Just do a couple in one. I was watching Paranormal Caught on Camera today. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. The one, there was a doll. No. It was like a cre- like, didn't even have clothes on it, but it was like sitting on a, like, a, a, crime, a, like a recliner. Because this guy went to a hotel and he's like, yeah, this is weird. And, like, in the middle of the night, like, the head just, like, lifts up and looks directly at the camera. I was like, nope, uh uh-uh. And he was like, yeah, I didn't look at the footage until we got home. And I was like, that's probably for the best. (laughs) Yikes. It's crazy. All right, well, uh, you'll just have to tune in next time to find out what Heather's Freaky Friday episode is about. Yep. And until then, you can follow us on Instagram 
at in reference to podcast on Twitter at in reference to. You can send us an email at in reference to podcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can listen to 30 plus episodes on YouTube um, or help support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash in reference to. And of course, all of our links to all of our platforms, including YouTube, can be found in our link tree on Instagram and Twitter uh, that's in our bio. So, ta-da!